episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there's an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Would a rose by any other name smell as sweet as my next guest? You'll just have to ask her. It's NYC's blushing rose, Jessica Rose. How are you? I'm great. Hello. Good to be back on the pod. Welcome back. Did you know where that first line of my intro comes from? I mean, Shakespeare? Good, good. We're okay, going. I'm like, is that great. a trick we're, question? We're, like... Wow. I'm just checking. Um, you, are, <laughs> you are a twink. Twinks are dumb naturally. So just, just double checking. <laughs> I'm no longer um, blonde though, so I'm not I'm not as dumb that, as that I'm is, here. That is true. Um why <laughs> where is the blonde? What happened to her? I, I get I have to shave it off of every like few months because otherwise it gets too fried. <laughs> That's fair. Um well welcome to the show. I'm I'm excited to have you. I know you're um longtime fan, um, longtime listener. Um, yes, I love being here always. And and we're gonna talk about you, and the listeners are going to learn about you, the person that they've heard in the podcast before. My favorite um, topic. <laughs> I, I I don't doubt it. You are a drag queen, so it makes sense. Um, just don't don't lie. Make sure everything you say is honest. Everything will be, I promise. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. Well, we love to start from the beginning. Where are you from? Originally from Orlando. Uh, lived there till I was 18, and then went to school in St. Augustine. All right. So Orlando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do not break my heart right now we'll end the podcast right now how many times you go to disney okay so oh boy, ironically my my grandfather was one of the first people to ever work there like when mm-hmm. they opened and he worked as a security guard and he worked there for i want to say like 30 years like 29 mm-hmm. 30 years and when he retired, they gave him and my grandmother a silver pass and they were able to get us in for free <laughs> for like my whole life. It was only like once a year, they could get four people, I think a piece in um, every year, at least like once a year. And we would always go for Christmas, me and my family. So I was always- Wow, not, was not just any time. You went, to, you, you went to Christmas at Disney. Okay. Mm-hmm. Always um, Christmas at Disney. And then my dad worked at Universal so I actually got to go to Universal for free. I was in the Mardi Gras as a kid, and of we got to go. To, mm-hmm, and we got to go to the we got to go to the soft opening of Islands of Adventure. They did like a soft opening for like the employees and all their families. So I got to go to that as a kid too. <laughs> now, as a child, were you someone who went on all the rides, or were you like a little baby? You're like, no, that's scary. I was like the biggest bitch about roller coasters as a child. I would not like. I would not do them. I would stand in line for them with my family. And then it would like get to the point where you, they would be like, okay, like, do you want to go on the ride or not? And I'd be like, nope, send me out. And they would like 
my my one of my grandparents or somebody would like walk me out of the ride. Yeah, I never went on. Do you that. regret it? <laughs> um, no. I mean, I think they were too definitely too. I was like the biggest scaredy cat baby child ever, so like I definitely couldn't have handled it back then. <laughs> Do you go on them now? Yes, ironically now I like really love them. <laughs> so okay, good, good. Um, what were you like as a child? Um, I mean, I was. I think I've been the same for most of my life, honestly. Like, I don't really see, looking back at me as a kid, I'm like, I don't see any perceptible, like, shift in my personality or, like, when I started doing drag, suddenly I could be myself. Or when I came out, I could be myself. No, like, I was always the same. I think, like, that got me bullied by the neighborhood kids a lot. But, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't really, I, I never thought that I was wrong as a child. I just thought everyone around me was boring. <laughs> oh, okay. This this explains a lot. Yeah, I was a little bit of, I guess, like an egomaniac as a child. I don't know. But like, I always thought everyone else was like, you guys don't like, like, Britney Spears and like fashion. Like, you guys are boring. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like you people. <laughs> All right. So St. Augustine, what, what school is there? Where did you go? Uh, I went to Flagler College for the full four years of me being in... Um, college and I graduated with a um I graduated uh magna cum laude she's smart she did Mm -hmm. and I graduated with a uh major in in international studies and then I had a political science minor and a marketing minor why (laughs) so when I decided to go there it was either there or fashion school but like I didn't like I never drew or did anything. I didn't have like a portfolio for fashion school. And I was like, okay, so I don't have that. And all of these schools require that. And then on top of it, didn't so had no skills in anything like construction or anything like that. Um, and I was like, if I go into this and like flop, I'll have like nothing. Like I'll have no like actual like education outside of fashion so I was like no like we're not gonna do that we're gonna go and do this other thing so and I don't politics huh politics uh more like I did it more for international marketing ironically every like single (laughs) my teacher towards the end of me being there at school sat everybody down or like in class was like oh like what does everyone want to do when they graduate and like everybody in my class was like oh, I want to be in, like, the UN, and I want to be in the Peace Corps, and I want to work for the FBI, and blah, 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 and me, I was, like, I did this because I wanted to know how to market to international audiences, and I really want a lot of money, so. <laughs> so how is that marketing going for you? I think pretty well. I think I, I, I know how to market myself pretty well. That's why I like drag, because drag is the ultimate exercise in marketing to me, like, um. Before we get into the drag part, what brought you to New York? Why, of all the cities in the world, being an international relations student, why New York? I think I didn't, I don't think I would have been able to move like to a whole other country Mm -hmm. right out of college. Because I mean, I grew up very like sheltered and very religious and like kind of suppressed a lot as like a child all the way through my teenagers like literally all through high school I went to private Christian school like the whole entire time or I was homeschooled till fifth grade and then went to private Christian school for the rest of it so like college was a big culture shock already and I had traveled abroad by the time that I had graduated college but like yeah I don't I don't I don't think I could have done it back then I feel like I would have been too like nervous and I wouldn't have known how to do it and 
for me, like in America, New York is the epicenter of like fashion, mm-hmm. art, everything that I like is here. And like you can't. And the be- UN. And the UN, yeah. Even though I've never even like gone into that building, but yeah, it's here. <laughs> so you're in New York. What's the first job you get up here? So I actually like made sure that I got a job before I moved here. I was like a little obsessive about it. I was like, I'm not going to move there unless I already have like something locked down. Like I know how hard it is to work in New York. So I managed to get into an intern program at Nordstrom in Long Island. And it was a management training internship. And I went to that and I did that for, I think the internship itself was, I want to say three months. Mm-hmm. or something and then after that they hired me at Nordstrom I worked in the jewelry department and yeah it was it so was you had to here. you had to go to Long Island I moved when I moved here I moved to Long Island yeah was that terrible <laughs> no I think it was actually better for me because like I, I had travel I mean like I had been to Japan at that point I'd been to London I'd been to a lot of like major cities so I kind of and I had visited New York before I moved here so I was like I kind of knew the vibe of it but also I was like I felt like it would have been a lot for me to move here and suddenly be like oh taking the train all the time or everything like I feel like that would have been a big like Mm -hmm. culture shock to me um so I I actually kind of liked that I lived in Long Island because it felt more like oh like this is very similar to what I knew because it's suburbia Mm -hmm, like it mm -hmm. didn't feel so different from what I knew and also it, it like taught me how to kind of navigate and get into the city and do all of those things and like like started going out in Brooklyn and stuff like so I feel like for me at the time it was definitely like a good thing let's talk drag when did it officially end your life pretty much immediately when I moved here (laughs) what was something that sparked it had you watched drag race beforehand so drag race was not my introduction to drag um I knew of it because one of my friends in college watched it and I didn't really like I had no concept for what it even was I was like I don't know what they even do on that show like and I I I think my first time seeing drag was actually in Jacksonville because that was like Mm -hmm. the nearest gay bars were in Jacksonville so I went to that and in Jacksonville there's only like two gay bars and they're all all the queens or at least the majority of them at the time when I was going were all trans mm-hmm. and like they're like body girls so like huge titties like big hips the whole nine they're like highly so neat flipping around doing crazy shit and I was like okay for me seeing drag for the first time I thought it was like I got that it was performance based I was like okay so like these are people that are performers that probably can't perform anywhere else but I thought it was because they were trans I was like oh mm-hmm. so like drag queens are like trans women that have nowhere else to perform. So they do this at nightclubs. Like that's, that was my initial like thought process behind drag. Um, And then I saw, I found, I don't know how I found them, but I found Willem on YouTube. Oh, you're going to say grinder. I'm going to be like, well, check. No, (laughs) no, I found Willem on YouTube. I found the beat down. And I was like, oh, this, he's really funny. Like, I, I thought he was really funny and I really enjoyed watching. And like, he obviously makes the jokes of like, oh, I'm a man in a wig, whatever. So I was like, oh, okay. So it's not fully like always like people transitioning and like they just do this as performance art kind of. And then I was like, okay, I kind of get it. 
And then one of the episodes she mentioned, she was like, LOL, remember when I was on Drag Race? Like, and made some kind of joke about it. And I was like, wait, this bitch was on Drag Race? I was like, okay, now I have to watch it. So I started with Willem season specifically. Mm-hmm. And I, watching it, I was like, oh, this bitch won. Like, she totally is going to win. Like, she's kicking their ass. <laughs> like, Clearly, Jessica Rose has no sense of um, talent winning. I just thought she was like more back then. Now I rewatched it and I'm like, okay, definitely not. But like back then I was like, oh, she's like way funnier than all of them. She's like putting them all to shame when these things. I thought that they robbed her several times during that season anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh no, Willem's the one. Like she's going to win this shit completely. Like, So what is the origin story of your drag name and persona? Oof. Um, <laughs> oh it's, boy. It's well, it's involved. It's just very involved. Um, I'm very like, cerebral about Mm -hmm. shit sometimes and um I came up with it because my first name is Joshua me and my brothers are all J names Mm -hmm. so it's Joshua Jacob Jonathan I'm the oldest of three boys um and when I was a kid I asked my mother I was like oh if we were girls like if we were all girls would you have done the same thing and she said oh yes and I was like well what would you have named us and Jessica was one of the names that Mm -hmm. she said so I kind of latched onto that and Rose was my grandmother's middle name. So I was like, oh, if we're family name, it would be Jessica Rose. Like there it is. And yeah. And I kind of lived in my mind as her because it kind of made like for me, all the stuff that I liked, I kind of put on to that like fictional person. I was like, oh, like, I don't like this. She likes this. That's fine for her to like. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So like that was my kind of like mental <laughs> like pushing aside of everything that was like queer and myself that I didn't mm-hmm. really, that I knew wouldn't be accepted by people outside of, of, or around me. So. Now you said you enjoyed fashion. Did you ever start creating looks for what Jessica would wear one day? Was that I, something that you created? I did. When I was the kid, I used to draw like dresses and stuff and like it was all very 2000s, like very like slutty, short, like teeny little like tube tops and like jeans or like really short. Like I remember I designed this like little teeny tiny yellow dress. It was basically like a tube dress mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because that was obviously everything that was on TV at the time, like that I would see on um, like music videos and stuff. So I was like, yeah, like that's that's like what I would envision this person wearing, like being very like big titties like the whole nine so <laughs> yeah and how's that going i know i mean i don't really do it i don't actually i have a breastplate but i don't really wear it that much <laughs> describe jessica in three words um oh that's hard um model mm, glamour mm, campy okay okay how long does it take to transform into Jessica nowadays? Uh, it depends on, on what I'm doing. For brunch, I usually take my time. So I wake up at like eight to like really just take my time. I know. Wow. But I'm very meticulous. Like I, I want to I look a certain way. And like makeup was always like kind of my, not my strong suit coming into drag. Mm-hmm. So now that I know what I'm doing with it, I'm like extra particular with it. And um, yeah, so, and I like to do, I do, I get bored. Like, I don't want to do the same face every time because that's just boring to me. Like I, I want to do, I try different stuff every mm-hmm. time that I do brunch. So it's never the same makeup usually for brunch. So that, yeah, that's why I, I tend to take around mm, 
three hours because they leave yeah or leave around like 11 ish so damn yeah what are your favorite makeup products hmm <laughs> i what do i really like i've been using a lot of pat mcgrath lately because it's mm-hmm. just like i mean it's top quality so oh, she's uh, she, she bougie a little bit <laughs> i have actually okay so i the things that i've been using a lot of lately uh minty makeup the blush palette mm-hmm. done we love her um there's like four different colors we love it i've like stacked them and blend them and they're great i love that um that's a big one that i use i use yeah pat mcgrath's um forget the color think it's like venus or something or no fembot that's what it is it's fembot like the the tube lipstick i use that and then hmm, i feel like and i'll probably get canceled but i don't care i use a lot of jeffree star highlight so (laughs) i listen i've heard it's very good product it's very good maybe that it's time to slap another person's name on it I, yeah, I think that he's going the route of Kat Von D and is going to probably have to have somebody else take it yeah. over. When you started drag, who were some of the first people that helped you out? Um, So I originally, <laughs> I originally had like a quote unquote drag mother. Um, she mm-hmm. didn't really like help me with anything. <laughs> okay she kind of like she bought a lot of the initial makeup that i had so it was like krylon paint six which like i really only use for like my contour and like that's it i don't even really like krylon that much um wow. so, like, my whole Hater. face was i mean it's good i guess but like i don't really like cream stuff like that mm, at least not on fair. my face so like that kind of, it just bothers me because it feels wet and i feel like it doesn't like unless you blend mm-hmm. it out a lot it just like feels like you're like in I don't like to feel like I'm in makeup basically and with that you feel like you're in makeup and um so yeah she bought me like a bunch of brushes and everything and like didn't really show me how to do any of it <laughs> kind of would always like I think she wanted me to be reliant on her a little bit so like mm. she I whenever I had like a gig quote unquote she would like put me in it and I never really like saw what she was even doing so I had no sure. frame of reference and I'm like the type of person that needs to like show me and then I'll do it you know what I mean like I can't you watching YouTube tutorials and stuff doesn't really help right. me like I don't learn that way so yeah it was it's <laughs> it it that was like my initial drag mother but then um working in Long Island I met my current drag mother Zaria mm-hmm. um and I asked her I was like just watching her I was so like wow you're like the best performer I've ever seen in person like she's so good it's like mesmerizing no matter what it is like if she's dancing if she's doing ballads all of it is like so mesmerizing her performances so I was like okay you're like what I need like you're like really good at what you do and you can you're you're like stunning so I was like yeah no like you're who I want to be like my drag mother so I kind of latched on to her And ironically, she didn't really help me that much with like makeup or anything either. She gave me like some initial gigs at the monster, but that was kind of like it. We we were all me and all of my drag sisters that are under like that have her as our mother. Like we are all kind of like standalone artists, mm-hmm. I would say, with her as like our mother, if that makes sense. Interesting, interesting. You'll have to do a family tree um, school project for us. 
I'll break it down for you. <laughs> How would you say you you've grown since you first started drag? Oh, so much. Like crazy. Like I always kind of I think I came in, I feel like with drag, you either come in with like the look that you want or like the performance style that you mm-hmm. want. And I feel like with me, I came in knowing what look I wanted, but I couldn't execute it the way that I wanted to. Um, and like I also knew kind of that I wanted, I knew that I wanted to be campy. I don't know why in my mind I was like, oh, you're gonna be like more of a dancer queen. I don't know what I was smoking, but, um, and I still do a little dancey dancey stuff, but like not, not what in my mind I thought I was going to be doing. Sure. Um, yeah. So I definitely have grown a lot in like performance style and like, I think drag has shown me like all the stuff that I didn't know that I really could do. Like, cause I didn't do these things as a teenager. I wasn't doing anything creative really as a teenager. So like the fact that I, was able to make I did a Gaga show in um June for Pride and I made myself a Barbie box and I had done it before but like I remade this Barbie box and I was like as a teenager I never would have thought I could do something like that but like now I'm like oh yeah drag showed me that I can do these things I can make my props I can do the stoning and like I don't sew my own outfits but I definitely customize a lot of them myself so has it shown you anything that you can't do uh dance <laughs> mainly <laughs> are you a flailer uh I think I have rhythm but I definitely am not like a dancer dancer I would never call myself like a dancer queen because I fair. definitely I have rhythm and I can move but like it's not yeah <laughs> who are some of your inspirations in drag like other drag queens are like both whatever what, okay. what inspires you um, I'm like kind of a diva worshiper a little bit. Okay. Um, so I mean, like growing up, my my big three were definitely like Paris Hilton, Britney, and uh, Gwen Stefani. Okay. And then I love Pink, like love Pink. Um, and I think those like four were kind of my like template for like what I wanted to be and then Marilyn Monroe kind of came later in life where Mm. I'm like okay like I really love something about like the dumb blonde who's actually very intelligent and has their shit together like I don't know why that like appeals to me so much but I'm so into that like I think it's always better to be underestimated and then show people up so like I don't know that that those are like the main inspirations I think that I kind of always circle back to in terms of like style inspiration or like performance inspiration or um yeah and just fashion in general I think how would you describe your drag aesthetic what is your style I think now I think it's morphed because I think before it was just very pink and very girly when I started with like the touch of fashion like I always tried to have the fashionable elements in there I started doing custom like pretty much right away in drag and people Mm -hmm. were like you're insane like you just started this like you're spending like 150 dollars on a dress like why are you doing that and I was like because I don't want to be wearing stuff from forever 21 like all these other people (laughs) like I was a little like obsessive with having my look be completely distinct and like not how and from my own mind because I don't copy anybody ever like that that's like the antithesis of my being if I see it on somebody else I'm never going near it like so yeah I think um 
yeah, I would say just very hot. Now it's very like high fashion, very, I mean, like always I feel like a little bit naked because <laughs> I like to show off the legs and a little bit of the booty. And yeah, that's, I think. That's now, when it comes to custom looks, hair, whatever, who are some of your favorite collaborators? Um, hair pretty much entirely now is by Sal by Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, I have got, I just got a new piece, um, from this designer whose Instagram handle is drag labs there okay. in Orlando. And I, I, the piece that they sent me is really stunning. Um, so I might start using them for a little bit more cause I already ordered another <laughs> wig, but like style by Michael in general, that's like the number one hair. Love, love, love them. They're incredible. All right. Let's um, say you're getting ready for a gig. Yeah. How do you put a look together? Like, but like, how do I conceptualize a look? Yeah. Tell me how Jessica Rose gets ready to go out to brunch. Like what, what is the thought process of what the look's going to be for the day? I think I base a lot of it on what makeup I'm doing mm-hmm. and like a lot of it based on what hair I'm wearing, because I feel like that, that will determine what outfits I wear and then what, like what I'm performing for the day. So I think, yeah, it's like, makeup hair and then I I don't really get I like do all I do my face before going to like the shows usually and like very I feel like very rarely do I go like in full drag like I mm-hmm. don't do that very often because usually I'm early to everything so like I have That's good time. yeah I'm That's very I'm, like, psychotic about being early yeah so like I feel like I always show up to stuff at least like half an hour early so I always have time because none of these shows ever start on time. So like, <laughs> I'm usually ready before the, if I'm guesting, I'm almost always ready before the host, like yeah. almost always. So um, yeah. Obviously COVID took a hit for a lot of us. How did COVID affect you as an artist? And were you able to capitalize uh, digitally during the lockdown? I was, I mean, I wasn't getting the stuff that I feel like other people might have been getting like, I, I was definitely turned down for a few digital shows. That I How do you to. get turned down for a digital show? Oh yeah, no, there were people that I won't name names, but there were definitely girls that had digital shows that were, um, yeah, that I got turned down for. Uh-huh. I thought you were spilling tea. Name the names. Um, I don't really oh, know true. them. That's the thing. Like, uh, I mean, I know I applied for one of Vanna Do shows, but like, she doesn't know me. So like, I'm not, Fair. you know, so it was like, it was what it was. Um, <laughs> I think I definitely applied for one of Pitch Puddings. Um, mm-hmm. didn't get that either, but I did get to work with, um, Sherry Vine, which was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Legend. Um, that was really like that one. I was like, wow. Like, I'm like, and on the same bill as Sherry Vine. That's pretty major. So yeah absolutely now has the world and culture that has come out of the digital drag world affected nightlife today do you think Mm, i think it definitely i don't know about other places even though i'm sure it probably did like i think it definitely affected and shifted nightlife here and i honestly Mm -hmm. think kind of for the better because i definitely think that after I mean, obviously BLM happening and like everything else mm-hmm. that was going on, I think we've definitely shifted towards more, a more inclusive environment. Is it perfect? No. And like, I'm sure that there's many, many grievances that people have. I don't, I can't speak to those. Like, I don't feel like that's really my place. Obviously the queue happened. So like, 
<laughs> you know, obviously things are still not great in nightlife, but I do think that at the very least I see people trying more, even if it's only for like face value, at least mm-hmm. like they're trying because they know that it's not going to fly if they don't have, you know, POC in their cast anymore. You know what I mean? So I think at least incrementally it helped a little bit. Sure. Now, obviously through the digital age, there are a lot of new drag artists that were born. Mm -hmm. Are there any that you haven't worked with yet that are, that are on your dream list? Dream list. Um, Hmm. I, I've worked, I mean, I don't really know, to be honest, I don't really keep up with like the newcomer scene. Um, I did when I came back from, from, from COVID and everything, I I went to Drag Wars a few times, but mainly because Tina was competing. (laughs) So I saw that group of people. Um, I really like uh, Lanye. She's really sweet. I've worked with her a few times. She's going to be in my Disney show coming up very soon. Um, Who else? Uh, I really like uh, her name's Diamante Habibi. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's stunning. I've never. I think I have. I worked with her at a gig. I think so. Yeah, I booked her when I worked at XOXO. But like, she's great. Like, I feel like she has her own lane because she does like belly dancing and stuff. And I don't see anybody else doing that. So I'm like, pop off. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. How about of the legends of New York? Who's on your dream list to work with? Um, definitely Shaquita. Shaquita mm-hmm. is kind of like the ultimate to me here, at least, um, because I feel like I started, I feel like when I really got going in drag was when I started going to drag wars, like about two years into me doing drag. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, I really respect Shaquita. Uh, I'm a little scared of Shaquita. <laughs> um, and I, I think like, I, I just would really love to work with her in a very like heightened professional capacity. Cause I think I, I can definitely hold my own now and that kind but of she know who you are yeah she does I oh I went to the Shaquita show like the Shaquita show was pretty much the only show I went to for like a whole year mm-hmm. so like yeah I, she definitely knows who I am well let's talk about some gigs yeah. alongside Miss Frida Cox you co-host a weekend brunch at Toro Loco yeah. what makes your brunch special um I think the fact that me and her because people don't I don't think know that like me and Frida have been friends now for like five years. We've mm. been friends for a very long time. Like I, and she reminded me, I didn't even remember this, but like when I used to live with my ex-boyfriend, we, he used to drive us to drag wars and she originally started going to drag wars because she could come to my house and like get mm. ready and then go to drag wars, which I had kind of like completely forgotten about that. That was when she really started doing drag was at drag wars so yeah, that was pretty cool to like remember for her to bring up to me. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been friends for so long that we have a really good back and forth and rapport. And like, I think we play really well off of each other um, just because we know each other so well. And yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, people love it. Like we get ranked at the top of a lot of TikTokers brunches lists. So that's fun. Um, I wish Time Out would have seen that, but you know, there's always next year. <laughs> now, what makes it special between you and Frida? What what kind of dynamic do you have? I think we're both very rotten people. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so I think that we have a very distinct, like we're very raunchy 
for sure, which I feel like actually has been kind of lost in a lot of New York nightlife, ironically. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff now is very sanitized. Um, for, for a good reason at times. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think I for us, like, I'm not sexually harassing anybody, you know what I mean? Neither is she. Fair, fair, fair. So, like, I think, I think it's like, there's a balance. I think you can be very raunchy and very provocative without it crossing over into an inappropriate, like, or uncomfortable area. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? So, like, I think, I think we really toe that line very well. And I think we're very, uh, yeah, we just have good rapport. I think that's the main thing that I really look for when I'm hosting something with somebody is that, like, do we bounce off each other well, you know? Now, as far as performing together, what kind of duets do you do? How do, how do you decide this is the song that the two of us should do? Um, so we don't, it's ironic because we don't, we have a finale number that we kind of need to rework a little bit, but like we do have a finale number for like, if we're feeling it, if the crowd's tipping all that. Um, but it's a mashup of uh, Gwen Stefani and Fergie. Okay. And we have like a whole choreographed thing. It's like four different songs of theirs mashed together. And so we have a whole choreographed thing to that. Um, and generally, I think we have very similar music tastes. So, I mean, like, it's not, you know, we do, I mean, we do Divine Gravity because, you know, it's the obvious. And um, it's rare that we do that one, but we do it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we just, it's, it's it, we're pretty like, do you want to do this? Sure. Okay, great. And then we'll go. So. So your venue? Yes. Toro Loco? Yeah. What's the best thing on the menu? Well, I get the same thing every week, so I'm biased. Um, I get the chorizo quesadilla. Um, It's so bomb. Uh, I also think they have really good uh, street corn. Okay. I just had some. Not from there, but I just had some. I made some at home. It was very, very good. It's, It's like... You can't eat it. I can never eat it because I'm always in drag there. So like Fair. the few times that I am able to have it, I'm like, yes, give it to me. Now, if Miss Frida Cox disappeared oh God. <laughs> and you needed to have a new co-host, who would you slip into that role? Um, hmm. That's hard because actually a lot of my, my uh, friends that are drag queens don't actually like to host stuff. <laughs> um. But I would say probably uh, my other sister, Ruby Monroe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like, we, I mean, it's the same kind of deal. Like, we've known each other for so long. We play really well off each other, I think. It would be a definitely a different show, for sure. But, like, I, if I had to be like, oh, my God, who am I going to get right away? Like, it, I, most likely it would be her. Because also she works the most, I think, out of my, like, really good friends. So Now, like any good relationship, there's always a top and a bottom. Who's the who's the top and the bottom in the relationship between you and Miss Cox? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. She's the big daddy bear out of drag, so and she's actually a top in real life too. So of drag queen top, what? I know she's she's a unicorn, but she yeah, amazing. <laughs> well, from rated R to PG, you're going to be producing a Disney Channel tribute show at three dollar bill on yeah. Tuesday, September thirteenth. Tell us about it. Um, so I really, I don't like, I grew up with Disney. It was actually like really one of the only things I was allowed to watch on TV as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like my connection to it is very strong. And like, I, I obviously growing up, going to the parks and everything, like, I don't want to say I'm a Disney adult because I don't act like them, but like, I love Disney. Excuse me? <laughs> I- <laughs> 
<laughs> I love Disney. I just, yeah. I'm not singing The Little Mermaid in the car. I'll put it that way. I'm not either. I'm singing Frozen too. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I think um, I just am really, like, I feel like there's so much there. And I wanted to specifically do Disney Channel because I feel like it's, like, endless. Sure it is. And, like, there's some people that have chosen shows that I was like, ooh, I can't. I'm like, there's, like, two or three particularly that I'm like, I'm so excited to see what they do with the show or the movie that they've chosen. Like, I'm I'm hyped, so... Well, I know I told you that I've, I'm still still one day in the works going to do um, a high school dragsicle show. Um, yes. But I will allow you, if you want to have a big group <laughs> number at the end, you all can do We're All in This Together with original choreo, though. Okay. No, I, I'm, I'm down. I'm in. <laughs> we'll have to do it. Um, what would you say is your favorite DCOM? Oh, my God. And for those who don't know, that's Disney Channel original movie. I know. The people that don't know that, I'm like, what? Like, um... Oh God, I think it's definitely a toss up between the Lizzie McGuire movie and the Cheetah Girls too. Okay, okay, okay. Um, now, are you too old for uh, Teen Beach movie? I had like just kind of dipped out of Disney Channel by the time that. Oh, so you're not going to be performing Cruising for a Bruising. I no, I'm not. I I don't know. I no, I don't think anybody chose that movie. So no. Now, what would you say your favorite Disney Channel series was? Um, hmm. See, I wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of them when I was a kid, but um, I'd say the one that I watched the most when I was that age and probably liked the most was probably either Hannah Montana or Sweet Life. Makes sense. Makes sense. See, yeah. now I'm, I'm a significantly older because <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not that old. But like my Disney Channel era, like I was the cartoons. I I watched Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, God. I With discovered Ryan Reynolds in them. No, not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, yes. JC Chazé, Carrie Russell. I watched that. That was my show, Kids Incorporated. I, as a child, had a giant crush on this young little girl named Stacy Ferguson. Oh my God. <laughs> Fergie. Mm-hmm. That's my childhood. I didn't know that Fergie was in that. Oh yeah. She was a child star. Oh my God. I had no idea. Yeah. Fergie is a child star. You can actually watch her sing on YouTube. It's really good. Oh, I have to look it up now. Now a little birdie <laughs> told me, speaking of singing that um, you have a single. I do. <laughs> and a little birdie also told me that you hate singing drag queen. So what's the tea, <laughs> bitch? Okay. Okay. Listen, I was approached to do the single. I did not reach out. This was not something that I ever thought oh my that God, I would you do. Discovered. I no. They just reached out to me. Um, the same, uh, they're it's they on Instagram, they're 808 Annie and Mason Rose. They're great, they're amazing. Evan and Mason, if you're listening, hi, I love you guys. Um they had actually done I Slay's song first. Mm-hmm. And then they did Ruby Monroe's song. Or Ruby Slay, I'm sorry. She doesn't, she dropped the Monroe. I'm sorry. Ruby Slay. Officially? She dropped it. Yeah, it's out. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure now everyone knows. Yeah, it's Ruby Slay now. Um, so they did her song and then they reached out to me and were like, oh, we love your vibe. We would really want to do it. <laughs> they were the, the couple at the bar. We love your vibe. Um, <laughs> 
literally and I was like well let me think about it like I don't I, that's not ever something that I've ever thought because like I don't I'm not really a singer I'm mm-hmm. done I'm labeling myself as a recording artist <laughs> down um but yeah I, I they I was like well let me see it. if I write if I if I can write a song that I really like then we'll do it and I sat down and I wrote something that I really liked and so we did it nice um I, I, one day I will be able to record a song. Um, do you want to know the title of my? I, was, I need to know list? immediately. Call me daddy. Of course. <laughs> move over, Rue. Daddy's home. No, move over, Johnny McGovern. Ew. I love him. Um, well, isn't that sweet? <laughs> now I also heard this from the same little birdie that um, there may be a makeup company debuting soon. What can you tell us? And will there be a Block Talk collaboration? I mean, let's see, TVD, we can do one. I'm down. Listen, um, Austin Cosmetics, you, you had your chance. I th- <laughs> um, yes, there is. There is makeup coming. Um, I'll keep the, the actual products a secret for now. Um, those in my close friend's story, I think, have seen it. But um, yeah, I'm very excited. It's something that I actually have really wanted to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like I kind of was putting it on hold because I was like, okay, like let me try to get on RuPaul. And once I get on RuPaul, like obviously, look what it did for Trixie and her brand, and look mm-hmm. what it did for Kim Chi um and to a way lesser degree the same um and I was like okay like let me because I wanted to do I wanted to be the first queen off the show to have a makeup line because that but when I first watched it I was like oh no none of them have like makeup like why did none of them have makeup like I need to do this like this would be like killer because like no one else is doing it um now several of them have beat me to it but uh yeah I I think I was holding myself back trying to see if I could get on the show first for like Mm. the for the platform um because social media has like never been my greatest thing I'm focused a lot more on it now but like I'm I I don't care about social media to be perfectly honest so um yeah but I think I've just realized I'm like you know what like I've seen other people that have done it for years I know somebody um I know the owner of chaotic cosmetics um they're in now i think, think urban outfitters and um uh dolls kill they sell online mm-hmm. so i'm like if i saw that from the beginning of it so i'm like wow okay like i see this person succeeding and like doing these big things and then like obviously i i'm i love junior mint junior mint released her makeup so i'm like okay like i see these people being able to do this and being successful at it and like i believe in myself so i'm like yeah no let me do it like I can do this and I know I can market it well. So <laughs> is there a timeline when we can expect it? I don't have an official timeline. No, because I actually just got the first round of samples. So that it's going to be a bit, but they're fast. My lab that I'm working with, they're, they're quick. So yeah, I, I, I think TBD, but hopefully before the end of the year. Awesome. Holidays are coming up. I know. I'm trying to squeeze it into that window, but we'll see. All right. We're going to play our first game. Yay. We're going to play finish the sentence. I'm going to give you a sentence. You just got to finish it for yourself. Gotcha. My favorite animal is? Mm, Puffin. My celebrity crush is? Oof. Um, Damn. Uh... Tom Holland. Fuck you. Um, 
My favorite candy is um anything sour. My best feature is um hmm. legs. My biggest fear is uh dying alone. <laughs> My biggest drag dream is uh own multiple companies. My drink of choice is uh sex on the beach or rose. My favorite TikTok trend is oh god. Uh, 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 none of the dances. <laughs> the concert I wish I could go to is uh I am going to Florence and the Machine. Oh no, I'm going to Gaga on Thursday. There you go. Perfect. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> the celebrity who would play me in a movie is uh, Tom Holland, there you go. <laughs> My favorite superhero is Spider-Man. The superpower I wish I had is uh, telepathy. The NYC queen I would kai kai with is oh god, um, <laughs> I've kai kai with a few. Uh, <gasps> oh, gas. Um, current New York queen. <laughs> I don't want to say. Okay. My favorite episode of Block Talk is. I think any of that I'm on. <laughs> of course, you love yourself. Well, we love to go behind the music on the podcast and learn about your signature number. What is your signature number and how did it become your signature number? <laughs> so my signature number is definitely, uh, and <laughs> my, 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 my sisters that are listening, I'm sure will be like, we never want to see it again. But um, it's uh, Venus by Lady Gaga, but mixed with the penis song from um, The Sweetest Thing. Okay. Yeah, and I do it uh -huh. with the dildo, and it's all very um, crass and raunchy, and that's that's, that's my favorite. I can do it in my sleep. <laughs> Why did it become your signature number? I think, I don't know how, honestly, it just came to me. Like, it really did. Like, I, I, I was like, oh, this would be really great. Like, and like, I was like, well, well, obviously, I think the joke already existed. Like, what if instead of Venus, it said penis? So I was like, I, I took that. And just ran with it because I, I think I took yeah. uh, Trinity Taylor being like penis and untalked. And then that's what the, the the line is. And then, I mean, the sweetest thing is one of my favorite movies ever. So like that scene is just hilarious to me. Ran like, random movie. It's honestly like such an undercover gem, like people that know it, like there, because I can always tell there will be people at the gig that have no idea what it is and just think it's funny because of what mm. it's saying. And then the few people I'll see every now and again that like are like, oh my God, and they like sing it back. Those are the people I love because I'm like, oh, you've seen the movie and you love the movie enough to know what this is. <laughs> Listen, I, I appreciate people who have niche loves for movies. My favorite movie, not many people care to admit they've seen or or even know it what is that? i love rat race oh that's great it's the a great best movie. movie ever it's the, the best. original not the original not okay. not it's a mad 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 world rat race the remake yes with whoopi goldberg with whoopi and cuba okay. jr and oh it's so good it's also great i mean i think they're both great movies great movies the early 2000s great movies oh fully always the best 
Now, when you are creating mixes, what comes first? Is it the song? Is it the theme? Is it the spoken word? How does Jessica Rose create a mix? I think it's kind of different every time, but I think typically I try to fit it within a theme. Like I, I know I have a daddy issues mix um, using Demi Lovato. Of course you do. Yeah. And um, I, I was like that song when I first heard it, it was an immediate, like I, I, I knew, I was like, I don't want to perform this straight out. I want to have it be a mix. So like I knew hearing that song, that's, that's what I wanted. And then I just kind of fit everything around it. So like I have, um, I have uh, daddy's, wait, what is it called? By Usher. Hey daddy, whatever okay. that song is. I have that in there. I have Marilyn Monroe um, in there. And yeah, I have, I have cupcake in there. Um, so, you know, it's very, of course it's very raunchy and very ridiculous, but um, yeah, I usually feel like I either have like the initial song and have like a reaction of like, oh, I really want to put this in a mix. Um, or I start with like the overarching theme and like build it from there. Now, drag roulettes, they are staples at drag shows. Mm-hmm. What songs or artists do you wish would be requested more and this is your chance to speak to the audience. What do you never want requested ever again? Hmm. That is hard. Cause I feel I'm like performing wise. Like I like a lot of different music, but like performance wise, I feel like I stick to like the early two thousands and like a lot of pussycat dolls, Nikki, uh-huh. like the standard ones. So I feel like none, all of those I like, and I'm totally down with. I, want people to stop thinking that they're clever and requesting like red hot chili pepper songs because nobody fucking cares Ugh. wow okay so you just <laughs> came for the uh the red hot chili pepper fans I'll sorry listen sorry um, now is it because <laughs> is it because they're male vocal or is it just because it's a it's a rock band that is not meant for drag i think not even either of those it's more just like i think it's it's like I, well, one, I don't know the music, so I'm like, I don't, like, I don't, they're, like, one of the only, like, rock bands, like, of that era that I don't never really listen to, so I don't know any of their music, and two, I just think it's, like, it's always, it's never, like, uh, a queer person or, like, a woman that requests it. It's always some, like, straight douche bro that's, like, oh, let me request this Red Hot Chili Peppers, they're not gonna know that, and that pisses me off, so that's why I don't like it. So, can I request Freebird? Sure. I mean, I don't know it, but Leonard <laughs> Skinner. I mean, I know, I know the the, I know like the legend of it, but like, I don't actually. Okay, know the okay. song. <laughs> well, music is universal. It brings people together and helps give us a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life. Okay. Are you ready to play Jessica's ultimate playlist? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, number one, a song that reminds you of spring. Bloom, Choice of On. Oh, yeah. I know um, you love him. <laughs> love him. Uh, a song that reminds you of your first true love. Oh, God. Um, Unbreakable, Janet Jackson. A song that reminds you of your best friend. Hmm. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh low by florida a song that reminds you of home fuck um <laughs> soldier boy 
Okay. I know. Wow. I'm from Florida. We're, what do you expect? We are not going to unpack that one, ho. <laughs> uh, a song that you sing in the shower. Um, <laughs> I want it all. A song that helps you decompress. Uh, Emmy Lou by First Aid Kit. A song that gets you in the mood to party. Uh, there's so many. Uh, uh, buttons, Pussycat Dolls. A song from the best concert you've been to. Oh, um, oh no, Marina and the Diamonds. And finally, a song that made you who you are. Uh, damn, I kind of used the one that did. Um, <laughs> I think. It's so stupid, born this way. Oh my god, you're I hate gay. Myself. I hate myself, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna play another game. Um, if you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more, and we're gonna do the drag race edition. Oh shit, okay. All right, Mohart or Eureka. I'm gonna say Eureka. That's correct. 150 for Eureka, 119 for Mohart. Next up, Kylie Sonique Love or Carrie Colby. That's got to be Kylie. It is. She's 150. Carrie Colby, 100. Willow Pill or Orion Story? Willow. Yes, it's, it is Willow, $95. <laughs> Orion Story, $15. $2. <laughs> like either she doesn't want to do it or she's like, everyone do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Manimorphosis or Diabetic? Dia. That's correct. Diabetic, $85, $49 for Manimorphosis. Uh, trade alert, Alyssa Hunter or Joey J. Ooh, actually, no, this is harder. Um, I think probably Alyssa. It is Alyssa by $5, $45 for Alyssa, $40 for Joey J. Hmm. Angeria Paris Van Michaels or Tamisha Amon? I know Miss Tamisha is about her money, so I'm going to say Tamisha. It's not. It's actually Miss wow. Angie. Miss Angie's 80 bucks. Tamisha's at 60. Wow. Uh, Ariel Versace or Deja Sky? Deja. It's actually Ariel. Ariel is 50 and then 40 for Deja Sky. Wow. And finally, uh, a non Rue girl, but how much can you get a Reefy Royalty cameo for? Oh my God. Um... I'm gonna say 40. 20 bucks. Wow, okay. Yeah, get your get, get your cameos, girls. Yeah, go get. <laughs> I mean, listen, you can get a cameo or you could probably go and get your OnlyFans subscriptions, girls. <laughs> that one. Do you have one? No, I don't. No, a subscription. No, I'm not asking oh, if you have an OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, to Reefies? No, I don't. Yeah. Okay. I don't subscribe to anybody though, so why not? Because Twitter exists. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Well, Drag Race has gone mainstream and has played a huge part in the local scene. For the good or for the better, or the bad, or the worse, what has Drag Race done to New York nightlife? Um, I it's so interesting to me what I feel like what it has done to nightlife here because I feel like. 
you can always tell who the people are that like are in New York nightlife to solely mm. cause they solely want that. And I like, I think it's, it's done one of those things where I feel like they've almost cleaned out New York in a way. I feel like there's like very few people that have been in nightlife now for over, you know, 10 years anymore. I feel like most of the people that are actually really doing nightlife now in New York are, you know, have been here only for like five, six years, mm-hmm. which is very interesting to me because I feel like New York was like the place for like people that have been in the game for like 10, 20, you know, so many years. And now I feel like because of Drag Race, I think obviously those people deserve that. And I, I'm happy that sure. those people have that. But it also conversely, I think it, it's left kind of a almost void in nightlife in some ways where I think like, it's it's an interesting thing where I feel like people are not as established or there's very few people that are very established. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or just that, or like, I feel like there's very few places where it's like, oh, it's like you go here for this one queen, like Shaquita on Thursdays at Hardware. You know what I mean? Like there's very few versions of that anymore, I think. That's which fair, is like fair. the standard drag queen performing kind of thing. What makes New York City nightlife so special? The diversity, because there's people from everywhere. And I think like, I know Chicago and all these other people think that they have it in their city, but like, and sorry, no, like it's not. I feel like New York, because of the the levels of drag here. And also I think in terms of like, yeah, the diversity of performances, like Brooklyn is so not anything like Long Island and it's so not anything like Manhattan. And, you know, I'm sure upstate has way different drag. Like, I just feel like New York is like the ultimate melting pot and even bleeds over to Jersey too. You know what I mean? Like I kind of typically now, I feel like I include a lot of the Jersey girls in New York nightlife because so many of them cross over now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's very, I think that this scene is like probably overall the biggest and probably I want to say the strongest. Where do you see the state of drag in five years? In New York or overall? Overall. I I mean, I think drag queens are now the new celebrity. And I don't, honestly, I don't, I, I mean, like I used to be scared that it would run out, but I think like more and more it's, it's something that people really, can hold on to and I think do I like that it's all very sanitized no do I do I think that there is a lot of edge that's been lost to drag absolutely but I think overall for people's careers it's done wonders you know what I mean like this was never a profitable enterprise before and now it's like you can make a lot of money doing this and like it you yeah can I mean it's it's definitely changed um I I mean obviously for me doing all the international seasons I get to see what uh, a little inside peek of how other countries treat their drag celebrities and yeah. they're not as they're, they're treated much better than they are here um right. like you can have a career as a drag reality star in England can't do that here um, right. Unless your name is Miss Vanji. She's the only one who's gone to multiple shows at this point and it's still flabbergasting to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a def- different world. And I, I hope that the drag celebrity world does um, take over a little more because it is important. I mean, just this simple thing of Shea Kalei being cast in a it's Marvel series, it's huge. Crazy. Very Major. important. Shake Major. The table, baby. <laughs> All right. 
it's time. We're going to play everyone's favorite game. It is time for tea time. You're going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, colleagues, people you competed with, people you've done shows with, maybe just only taken a picture with. Maybe you barely even know. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I scrub <laughs> through your Instagram. You are very, very particular on what you put on there. So okay. I got to go to those tagged photos and oh, God. <laughs> some of the names we're going to be pulling. We'll, we'll see how they are because uh, we okay. got to go to the archives, but we're going to go see. We're going to go see. <laughs> uh, first up, Frida Cox. I mean, my sister forever. I, yeah, I mean, I love, I love her. I mean, I, I am also friends with Damon outside of the drag and I, I really value that friendship as well so yeah what's some tea you have on miss coma white (laughs) she's the most rotted dick pig there ever was um no she she i think for her like we actually have been friends with out of the drag queen friends that i have i've been friends with her the longest Mm -hmm. um and that's like she's seen me through so many horrible things here in New York. Like she said, she helped me move out when I broke up with my ex. Like I lived with my ex. She helped me move out to where I am now. Like we do, we do our little movie nights together. Like my mom was convinced that we were like together for the longest time. Um, You're not getting married. No, not yet. Only, only when we're 45 and we decide that we want to become permanent lesbians. (laughs) Yeah. Next up, Angelique. Oh, my sister. Um, she ironically doesn't like, no, she moved to Florida and I actually just came back from vacation seeing her. Like I literally just went and saw her um, in Fort Lauderdale. But um, since she's moved down there, she hasn't really done that much. I don't think she's done any drag actually, um, but super fun, super good time. Um, very chaotic, very problematic like me. So I love her. <laughs> Next up, Ruby Slay. I mean, another like icon legend star. We love, we love, we love. Ruby is, I feel like the most undercover shady person. Mm-hmm. Like, cause Ruby is so chill that you would never expect it out of her. But like, sis, sis can fight too. She's scary. I've seen her mad. She's scary. I would Uh-oh. not want to fight Miss Ruby's play. Absolutely. No, she's scary. Next up, Babylise. My, I mean, I love, I love her. I feel like one of the most underrated people in New York right now. Like, I, I, I really love the person. I, I think she's a great performer and so stunt. Like, literally, like I met her when it was like her second gig, and it was that fucking Bushwig of all things. Like, mm-hmm. she got into Bushwig, and that was like her second gig ever. Like, she's pretty amazing, and like has always been like beat. Like, and she, I feel like she wears no makeup and she always looks like a woman. So, like. Next, we got Julie J. Ah, uh, my little bald sister. I love to, like, needle her. I feel like we have a really good, like, like, reading. Like, we like to read each other back and forth. I feel like that. And I don't know many people that I can do that with where they're not going to get, like, upset of, over it. But, like. Miss Julie J gives as good as she gets. And I heard she gets a lot. Oh, <laughs> now, now what's the best reach she's had for you? Um, what did she say to me? We did a benefit show for Tina um, when Tina was doing Miss Paradise. And uh, what did she say to me? Oh my God. 
I don't even remember. I think she might have read my outfit. All I remember was that I was like, oh, look, stairs. And like, I feel like I was going to shove her down the stairs. That's all I re- I don't remember what she said to me, but she can read. She can read. All right. Next up, Yaga Tyler or Lily? My daughter. My probably one and only daughter. Um, honestly, one of the most chaotic people I've ever met. She's crazy. I, I, I think we have the same very weird niche humor. I think mm-hmm. that's why we connect with each other so much because like we have the same very weird like sense of like we like to do really bizarro shit sometimes and like yeah she's great I mean like I I always like to say like I adopted a daughter that can do all the things that I can because all the flips and tricks that she does could never would break my leg huh she can't teach you no oh no I wouldn't even try I wear stilettos she wears like boots so (laughs) fair fair next up we got a slayer Oh, my actual drag sister, um, another from Zaria. So like, uh, she's part of the technical drag family. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Islea. Islea is such a warm person to be around. So talented, so naturally beautiful. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, she's just great. Like, I love being around her. It's always a kiki. It's always a good time. Uh, but I want to tell her, uh, stop not wearing wigs. <laughs> you, you, she, she's going to find out now. I know. <laughs> Next up, Roque. Oh my God, Roque I've seen forever. Like, Roque, I think I met in Drag Wars. I think I might have already been not doing Drag Wars by the time that, I, that Roque was doing Drag Wars. Like, or I was on the tail end of doing it. Um, cause I really only did it for a summer, but, um, used to hang out with her and Jubilee and Blue and all of their little crew together. Um, I've seen so much growth in her and like another like fashion sister cause she knows her, her references. So love that about her and she's always sweet. So next up boys charm. Uh, same, literally same like the, from that whole family, like boyish, I feel like I always, I didn't really get to talk to that much but like she's a good time and like she's DJing my event so you know I think she's talented and yeah next up Reefy Royalty I mean like an icon legend star um I love I actually I, for me like I I, I really respect Reefy because I think Reefy knows exactly who she is and what she does and I really respect that she's like committed to like what she gives I like that I think that it's really like commendable to be like oh no I'm not gonna shave the mustache like I don't give a fuck that all of you are reading me for it or like uh, that people don't like it like I think that takes a lot in the drag world like and that's what I respect about Frida too like anyone that's willing to like be like no like this is it and like you're gonna get what you're gonna get and you're gonna like it and proves people wrong like I love that and so yeah I really respect Reefy next up Entertainer of the year, Janelle number five. I, <laughs> I have not really interacted with her. Um, I will say was never the biggest fan of the Muse era of drag here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't really have much to say because I really I've ne- really never spoken to her and I don't even know that she would know who I am so like even though there was a little competition oh I did it once for the money because <laughs> I heard it was good money and then I never went back to it so no yeah like I, I don't really have like nothing like super negative she's super polished and she's pretty I, I don't think she's very nice but <laughs> all right all right see I, you said you're gonna spill the team um this person's evil nikki o <laughs> kidding <laughs> no i lo- i mean another person that i just like respect the shit out of honestly like to come here i mean i know she already had like a name for herself as a club kid before here and i actually followed her before i ever moved to new york like i followed her when she was only posting like her boy club kid looks and I was always like obsessed with like her aesthetic and everything that she did and like all the painting and the murals and everything. And I was like, wow, like this person is so talented. Like I hoped one day I would meet someone like that. Cause I didn't know anybody like that in Florida. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like moving here and then like eventually meeting her and now like working with her fairly regularly, like that I've told her, I'm like, that's like a big thing for me, like coming from where I come from, where I didn't know anyone else creative and like, I really love her drag. Like, I think it's so next level. Like, I when is the drag race like gonna happen for her? But I really, I yeah, I I love I love Nikki Nikki and so nice. Like, that's the that's the main thing. I feel like also like true, genuine, nice people. It's very hard to come by in in, in nightlife and like absolutely. She's awesome, so. All right, next up, Aria J. I mean, I love my little trade diva. Um, she another like, I feel like. I love that she really sticks to her guns and like, I love that she raps and I love that she's like so committed to her own style and her own music and everything. Like, I think she's very unique and I really like that. I, I, I feel like there's so many cookie cutter people in nightlife that like, it's, it, it, uh, to me, it's not hard to stand out, but I think a lot of people maybe find it hard to stand out. And I think she's really done a very good job of setting herself apart in like a really positive way and like so sweet so nice love her so all right we got tina twirler <laughs> i was like where is she in this lineup i know she's got to be somewhere um i mean my sister another sister from zaria i love her like she she me and her talk like almost every day um i feel like people misconstrue a lot of of who she is a lot of the time I think because she's I feel like me and her are very similar we're very like reserved when it comes to nightlife I feel like we go we do with the gig like we'll kiki a little bit but like we're kind of more to ourselves as people I think people kind of misconstrue that we're like bitchy or like stuck up but like no she's like such a kind amazing like so talented it's like disgusting like another one where I'm like I want her to get on drag race and then like just creep on up after her <laughs> um it's possible I, I well, maybe someday but I yeah I really love her and yeah that's my sis and finally you call her mother Zaria I mean like it's crazy to me how many people don't know who she is I'm like you're all y'all are missing out like boots like she I feel like is one of the most talented performers I've ever seen live mm-hmm. ever. Like I, I, it's mesmerizing every single time, no matter what the song is, no matter what energy she's giving you. Like it's crazy to me to see someone be so entirely captivating and like, 
has always been so nice to me. And I'm the only white girl in the family too. So like, I, I, I feel like I've always kind of been slightly out of place. And I feel like a lot of people look to her when she adopted me and like, why are you like fucking with this little white kid? Like, you know what I mean? But like, she never has ever made me feel out of place. She's always made me feel included in everything. And like, I'm very grateful to her for everything she has given me. So I love that. Yeah. What is your go-to karaoke song? Give me more Britney Spears. That's you barely singing that song. I know. That's why I like it because it's a lot of sexual moaning, and I feel like it makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, what is what do you do in your time off? Um, my time off. I mean, I feel like so much of my because I have a day job, so that takes up a lot of my life. But um, I love to play a lot of video games I'm actually like a very big closet nerd in that way and I love a lot of comics and stuff and I love to read so if you were if you were to represent the United States of America in one video game Olympics what is the game oh my god wait say that again I have to wrap my mind around this if you were going to represent the United States of America in the Olympics of video games what's the game you would be the champion of hmm. <laughs> i mean i'm good at video games but i'm not the best at any of them i think uh overwatch okay we'll All go right. with that what is one personal fact about yourself that your fans wouldn't know hmm <laughs> i think that i'm secretly a huge bitch no um, i said wouldn't know i know <laughs> um i think i think there's a lot of people out there that that think that i'm very conceited because i have standards for myself mm-hmm. like i want to look a certain way i want to perform a certain way but like i don't think that i'm ever like rude or mean i think i'm actually very easy to work with <laughs> like hey listen we'll, we'll take a instagram poll and make sure that's the truth i know they're gonna be like hate her she's evil um no but yeah i think i think that and like i think there's a lot of people out there that don't think that i'm very smart which actually kind of makes me mad but again like to be underestimated it's always better so well if you had to pick one new york city drag artist to be your partner on the amazing race who would it be hmm <laughs> huh that's hard actually i have no idea like do i want to win <laughs> um <laughs> i would say probably you know i'm just gonna go with my my closest friend uh coma i feel like All because right. we know each other that would be the way to go we who wouldn't fight is, i don't think <laughs> who's gonna be eating the weird shit her boots <laughs> who is going to be jumping off a building me all right good to know that's a good pair all right we are going to move into fan corner which really we're just going to change it to um hector has a lot of questions for you <laughs> i've selected five okay some are controversial some are not okay if you were in a slasher film do you think you get killed or survive the killer I mean, I think Jessica would get killed. <laughs> I yes. think me, I think I would survive. Okay. Would you want more drag children? Uh, 
I don't think so. I think like it's a, a lot of work I feel and like I feel like I don't know I feel like I'd have to really connect with the person in order to do it which I feel like at this point in my life I just don't have time for so I think for now I'm gonna say no okay uh Hector says I saw a dot on your arm last Sunday do you have monkey box <laughs> No, not to my knowledge. No, don't put that into the world, Hector, you demon. Um, no, I do not. I do not. Um, have you ever hooked up in drag? Any interesting stories? <laughs> so I actually was like the biggest, like, I don't care if other people do it, like get your money, get whatever out of it that you want. I personally never had kind of an issue with it because I don't want to one I I don't want to be fetishized and two like I'm not a big fan of the people that I'm like oh you obviously know that I'm not a woman but you want me to cosplay as a woman for you and I feel like that's to me it's almost disrespectful to trans women Mm because I'm like I know that like I can get away from this like I can take this off and I'm like I don't get as much I still get it but I don't get it as much whereas I'm like trans people can't really escape that a lot of the time like that makes me very I feel very conflicted about it for myself not for anybody else I want to make that clear I don't care what other people do but like for me that's how I feel about it but (laughs) recently (laughs) I was at um a Katy Perry themed show for Vinyl Fantasy shout out to Vegas Valentine and uh, Marcel love you guys um and I had, I think, finished my second number and was just waiting for the finale. And this person comes in and was like, oh, like, I'm so sad I missed the show, whatever. You're so stunning, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. I was not paying this person, like, any attention whatsoever. I didn't really care. And they walked away. They came back. And they're like, wait, you're really not performing, whatever. And I was like, oh, there's one more number, whatever. And he's like, oh, do you want to see my studio upstairs? And I was like, at $3 bill. I had no idea that this was a thing. And I was like, um, sure, why not? Went upstairs, did some things, and I <laughs> finished that and was like, oh, I have to go. The finale number. Bye. And left him in the bathroom. And then, yeah. Wow. All right. Listen, we got some tea on this show. <laughs> okay. One more question from Hector. Fuck, Mary, kill. Oh, Jesus. Yaga Tyler, girl, Lily. Coma White, Tina Twirler. That is so incestuous. I can't even deal. Um, oh, my God. I don't know. Kill all of them. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. You gotta play. It's gotta play. Uh, fuck. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, fuck Tina, kill Yaga, Mary Como. Right there, it is. Well, I have, all, pre- sorry. <laughs> I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question, and this is a question from the Queen Mum Vaccine Mum Stelladoro. Okay, what was your most humiliating moment on stage, and what did you learn from it? Mm. I okay, I actually do know what it is. Um, I remember I, it was like midway to me really being at drag wars i remember 
whatever shoes I think I was wearing were probably too big for me. And I remember I was performing Into You by Ariana Grande. I slipped like three times and like hit like the floor. It was like three separate times I like slipped and hit. And I was like, I wanted to crawl away from it. I finished the performance. I did. I was like, nope, I'm finishing it. Like I'm not, I'm not a quitter. Um, But I was so, I remember being so humiliated by it. And I remember like being like having it end. I went up to my ex and I was like, okay, like I don't even want to stay for the results of this because I'm like, I did so bad. Like that was not, that was not cute. And they, they were like, no, like you're here. Like you might as well stay whatever. Like, and I was like, okay. He was like, you don't want to piss off Shaquita. And I was like, you right. Oh. So I stayed and I remember I, <laughs> I actually, I don't know if it was pity or what, but I remember I placed like third that night. I was shocked and it was probably pity and because I've been doing it for a long time, but like I beat out a very big name person that night and she was cracked. Are they on Drag Race? No. Do I they know go by are? a different name now too than when, than, when, than when I was competing with them. Do I know that old name? Yes, you do. Oh, for do sure I, you do. Do I know the new name? Yeah. Do I follow them on Instagram? That I don't know, but probably. You'll have to tell me after. Yeah. Okay. So what did you <laughs> learn? What did you learn? No, just that I'm like, the, the fact that I like beat out this person who's now like such a huge per- like presence in nightlife, I was like, wow. Like that show, that just showed, goes to show me, I think that showed me more than anything. I was like, it's all one politics. And two, that like anything can happen, I think in nightlife. And no matter how badly you think you did, Sometimes people still enjoy a performance. You know what I mean? Sometimes still, that'll still connect with somebody because maybe they like, oh shit, like maybe that would be me or maybe they've yeah. had that experience. You know what I mean? So I think that really, yeah. that that And that showed me too that I'm like, which I never have been a quitter, but like, I feel like that reinforced to me, like don't quit or walk away before it's all over. So that's a good lesson to learn. Yeah. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question hmm. and it can be about anything you would like it to be. I think, let me think, um, where, where do you want your drag to be in five years? That I think is a good question. All right. Well, I, well, I will ask them when I interview them. Do I get you to know to... who it is or no? No, you do not. No, yeah. Not. Okay. I just, I'll just have to tune in and see. That's the game. <laughs> well, we love to expand the community here on Block Talk. Who would you like to hear an interview from in the future? I mean, so many of my sisters, but I definitely think that you should absolutely interview Coma for sure, mm-hmm. because I think they have just so many interesting stories. Definitely Tina, definitely Frida, definitely Ruby. Listen, I have reached out to Tina many times. It's going to happen one day. She's always busy. Okay. It's always been. Always I know busy. she is always busy. Um, who else? It's been like three, three years, actually. I think we've been trying to do really? it. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. Um, I think... Yeah, just the my my Long Island sisters that gotta always shout out. So for sure, right, I think right. those three then. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any more projects you want to plug? So socials, it's pretty much all Jessica Rose NYC. Instagram technically is Jessica Rose underscore NYC, but like if you type in Jessica Rose NYC and you follow anybody in nightlife, I'll pop up. So 
um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of it, that uh, Venmo cash up, tip your sluts, <laughs> which is always fun to say at the shows. And then, um, yeah, I mean, the main thing, obviously, come to Las Barajas at Toro Loco every Sunday, uh, 1230 and three. And uh, September 13th, Tuesday, baby, we're doing the Disney Channel incredible cast so many amazing performers from new performers on the scene to really established performers so you're not gonna want to miss that well that sounds like a fun party thank you so much for being here and chatting thank you michael always a pleasure a big thanks to jessica for chatting subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there and don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod if you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs> <laughs>